It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. The Parameters of Privileges As we reach the end of our one-month exploration on reporting and internal investigations, I wanted to conclude this month by looking at the concept of privilege in an internal investigation. Obviously, it's very critical for corporations because they want to protect the privilege to the extent possible, uh, waiving it only uh, intentionally and with deliberative calculus. The two important privileges are the attorney-client privilege and the work product privilege. Unfortunately, both are often misunderstood, misapplied, and consequently lost. To determine whether you have a valid privilege claim, it is incumbent to understand the parameters of the attorney-client privilege. There are uh, several requirements for the privilege to apply. Indeed, five. Number one, the client is seeking legal advice or a lawyer services. Number two, the person to whom the communication is made is a lawyer or his or her representative. Number three, the communication relates to a fact disclosed from a client or representative to the lawyer or representative. Attorney-client privilege can be waived. While there is a general recognition that only an authorized agent of a corporation may waive the privilege of a corporation, most frequently encountered instances of losing the privilege come through selective disclosure in responding to a government investigation, supplying information to a government agency, information disclosed in certain SEC or other required financial disclosures, and in certain circumstances, disclosures to extent to external corporate auditors or accounting responses, any disclosure made to a third party not affiliated with a lawyer, and insurance disclosures. For the attorney-client privilege to be of use to you, certain hard work must be done to establish the privilege in the corporate context. The five prongs listed listed above must be fulfilled for the privilege to apply. Simply having a chat with your lawyer or even the company lawyer will not invoke the privilege or protect you. In addition to the attorney-client privilege, there is another privilege which can come into play around internal investigations. It is the attorney work product doctrine. The attorney work uh, product doctrine and attorney-client privilege are often interchangeably asserted. While there is some overlap between the two, the attorney-client privilege is significantly different than the attorney work product doctrine. As codified in federal civil procedure, the attorney work product doctrine provides a qualified protection to materials prepared by a party's counsel or other representative in anticipation of litigation. The doctrine extends because it permits lawyers to work with a certain degree of privacy, free from unnecessary intrusion by opposing parties. The key is that it must be prepared in anticipation of litigation. Unlike the attorney-client privilege, which belongs to the client, the work product immunity privilege may be asserted by either the lawyer or the client. 
While the attorney-client privilege is included in the rules of evidence, the work product privilege is included in the rules of civil procedure in the series relating to discovery. This makes it problematic to assert it in the context of criminal investigation. For an in-house lawyer in the United Kingdom or EU countries, there will be no such work product privilege. Two recent examples brought up the key difference in the US, UK, and EU legal systems. First was the raid by the German prosecutor's office into the counsel for Volkswagen around its emission testing scandal, that being Jones Day. The offices that were raided for information surrounding the firm's investigation relating to the emissions testing scandal and the raid was based upon the issuance of a court subpoena. That's for the EU. In the United Kingdom, we have a recent judicial decision involving Eurasian Natural Resources, ENRC. The UK's highest court held that the company must produce to the UK Serious Fraud Office documents the company claimed were privileged, including attorneys' notes of interviews, of employee interviews conducted during the company's internal investigation. The SFO sought these documents as a part of the criminal investigation of allegations of fraud, bribery, and corruption. The court largely rejected ENRC's claims of the work product doctrine, holding that it does not apply when a document is not prepared for the sole or dominant purpose of conducting adversarial litigation. ENRC was required to produce the bulk of the contested documents because the investigation was indeed a fact-finding exercise. And if you think about most internal investigations, they're going to be fact-finding exercises. And when you turn to root cause analysis, that will certainly be in that category. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, you always need to remember the differences between the attorney-client privilege and the attorney-work product doctrine or privilege. The attorney-client privilege belongs to the client, while the work product privilege may be asserted by either the lawyer or the client. Then the attorney-client privilege is found in the rules of evidence. The attorney-work product doctrine is found in the rules of civil procedure, and it relates to discovery. And of course, this uh, also requires the anticipation of litigation, although litigation can be broad enough to include a government investigation. Number two, both privileges can be waived intentionally or through inadvertent conduct. And finally, always remember to check the local rules in the EU and the UK product uh, attorney-client privilege and work product doctrine can be very different than in the United States, so you need to be cognizant of that. This concludes our exploration of reporting and internal investigations. I hope you have enjoyed uh, this series, and I hope you will join me in the month of July where I take a look at third-party risk management going forward. This is Tom Fox. I hope you will enjoy this month's offering on hotlines and investigations. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. If I could ask you to do so, would you pass on to at least one person this podcast series on the nuts and bolts of compliance as I'm trying to expand my audience base for 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow where I take up another topic 
in innovation and compliance. Thanks again for listening. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.